are continuing in a series called Words, and what we've been talking about is the fact that our words are powerful, and you've probably been on the other side of this uh, growing up or what have you. You can probably look back at a time in your life when somebody had said something um, damaging to you, and it's never really left you. Right? So maybe, maybe you were a little kid and your family, it was just a family joke, no big deal. They just called you clumsy. And you just took that word clumsy and you just kind of put it on your, you know, you just identified with it. That was part. And you began to say, I'm clumsy. And you began to own that, uh, that identity. Well, those words, even, even though your family's great and they didn't mean to do it and all that kind of stuff, those words have a big impact on you. And maybe the opposite has happened as well, where you, um, somebody spoke into your life. Uh, Lisa has a teacher, had a teacher that told her that she was really smart and that she could do anything she applied her mind to. Now, unfortunately, she married me and that kind of turned everything south. But the point is she had the ability. No, she identified with that. And so she saw herself as a good student and did well in school because of those words, or at least in part uh, because of those words. And so what we've been talking about is this idea, and we started last week, and if you missed last week, I'd encourage you to check it out uh, and go back to the website or what have you and listen. But it was just the intro, and it came to this idea that whatever comes out of our mouth, the source of it is our heart. And we get those words from Jesus. We get this concept from Jesus. Jesus is talking to um, the Pharisees, and they're having this big discourse. And he says this. We talked about this last week. A good person brings good things out of the good stored up in their heart, and an evil person brings evil things out of the evil stored in their heart. Now, I don't like it when the Bible uses the word evil that much because it's our response to that word, not the fact that the Bible uses it. But our response, as I've noticed in my own life, is once we use a word like evil, it kind of lets us all off the hook, right? Because, well, there are a couple of you, but for the most part, you're not evil, Right? You're not an evil, an evil person like, you know, it kicks puppies and all that. You'd never do anything of that. But when you understand how the Bible views sin or things outside the kingdom is what I would say. As God is so interested in you remaining in this intimate relationship with Jesus that anything outside of that is just, is just terrible, right? And so he, that's what Jesus is saying. A good person brings out good things. And then he says this statement, and this is the statement verse for the entire series, for out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. As a matter of fact, we ended last week with, the, with this particular thing. In order to control your tongue, you have to control your heart. You must control your heart. You say, well, John, how do I control my heart? Well, that's what we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks is how to do that. But one of the main things is, is what goes in, just kind of like garbage in, garbage out. What goes in comes out. 
So if my time is spent on outrage and getting all worked up and getting, you know, reading about certain groups of people and, and, and attributing names to them and concepts to them, if I spend all that time, that is actually shaping my heart. And so my words are going to sound like that. And what we talked about last week as well is when I use the word words, when I use that word, I'm talking about posts, tweets, replies, likes. While a like doesn't just come out of your mouth, it identifies what's inside. You're saying, yes, I put my name on, onto that. And it might be some... Uh, Korean taco fusion that you're liking, and that's fine. Or it might be something somebody said about another group of people when you say, yes, I'm identifying with that. So in order to control your tongue, you must control your heart. And so you'll see in the scriptures that Jesus will say that he'll use the word bad even before this in verse 43. He says, out of the, out of, uh, a bad person brings bad out of their heart. And I want you to remember that word bad because we're going to see it later and it doesn't mean what you think it means. It, it applies to really all of us. In order to control our tongue, we must control our heart. Well, this morning what we're going to talk about is gossip. And uh, gossip is, uh, I'm going to broaden your definition of gossip uh, to include a lot of things. And he, I just want to do this caveat right up front. There's a really good chance that what I say, depending on which side of the aisle you're on, right or left, whatever, uh, it doesn't matter. I'm going to, you're going to want to push back. And, and I get that. So feel free. Uh, email me, text me, call me. I will have a longer conversation with you if you want to push back against what I'm about to say, um, so that you, we can process through it all, okay? Uh, otherwise, you do like you do every week. Just believe what I say and do it and you'll be fine. Okay. Watch this. Proverbs 26, 18. Like a maniac shooting flaming arrows of death. You guys, you gotta read your Bible. It's so fascinating. So you read that first verse and you're like, like a maniac? She, this was like um, their version of a crazy, you know, like some crazy person coming into some place and just, you know, making all sorts of noise or all this, these problems. Like a maniac shooting flames. I think of um, Lord of the Rings with that elfin dude. I can't remember his name. I don't know his name. But oh, thank you. I guess. <laughs> Where he'd have his arrows. He'd just like going after these orcs or gorks or storks. I don't know what he was shooting at. But I just picture those on fire, like just destruct. Don't you, don't you, don't you kind of visualize that? A maniac, like the Bible actually uses the word maniac, with flaming arrows of death. Who is that? And who do we avoid? I don't want to go anywhere with a maniac shooting flaming arrows of death. Is the one who deceives his neighbor and then says, I was just joking. Wait. I've been a maniac. I've done that. Where something has come out of my mouth. I didn't want it to come out of my mouth, or at least that way. And so I just go, oh, I'm just joking. Or, have you ever had this happen to you? Not you guys, because you guys are spiritual. Where you're like, I didn't mean to say that. Have you ever had to say that? I didn't mean to say that. Here's what's happening. All that's happening is you're, it's not that 
you're just revealing your heart. What you should say is, when this happens, I didn't want you to see that part of my heart because it's damaged. That's what happens when we say things we didn't want to say. All we're doing is shining a light on the broken parts of our heart. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So when I say something or I share something that isn't true or I do something like that and I say, I was just kidding or I didn't mean to say that or, oh, don't think anything of it. Oh, it's nothing. Basically, what I'm saying is, I didn't want you to see that part of my heart. And, and it came out. And I need to now, like, cover it up. No, you don't need to cover it up. You need to have it exposed. Because that's the only way we can have any healing in our life. Right? The only way you're going to get healed from cancer is to expose that you have cancer, right? Same thing with our hearts. And so that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. And, and we talked about this verse. It's only one verse. You have a few weeks to memorize it. It's very simple. Psalm 141.3, set a guard over my mouth, Lord. What does that mean? That means it's hard to do. The writer in this proverb needs God's help to do this. And so I would pray this too. God, set a guard over my heart, Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. And we're going to, at the end of the sermon, I, I don't know if you can tell, but I'm super excited about this sermon. But uh, at the end, I'm going to give you four ways to do this. Okay, so you'll have four really practical, easy ways to do it. It's easy, but it's hard, right? Just like, like dieting. Dieting's easy. Just don't eat sweets. There you go. Good luck with that. <laughs> or carbs, which is my problem. All right, here we go. Proverbs 26, 20. Without wood, and you, if you follow me on social media, I, I did a video on this, talked about it. Without wood, a fire goes out. You all know that. It needs fuel, like any fire. Without a gossip, a quarrel dies down. Now, here's where I talk to you about opening up what you'd normally think about gossip. When we normally think of gossip, we think about this. I go to you and I say, hey, um, I'm addicted to Pokemon Go, okay? But this is just between the two of us. I just can't stop playing it. I play it all the time. And you go, oh, okay, thanks. And then you go, pastor has an addiction with Pokemon Go. We think of that as being gossip. I want you to rethink how you think of gossip. I want you to think of gossip in terms of, am I talking to a person who's part of the problem or part of the solution? And if I'm not, then why am I talking? That's how we should see gossip. Now, I'm not saying all of that's bad, and I'm not saying you can't talk about fun stuff. I'm going to leave that between you and the Holy Spirit. This morning, the sound team and I were talking about football, which is about the most useless thing you can talk about. It has no eternal value. It has nothing. The whole conversation has no eternal value other than the fact that we were laughing and communing and having that fun. Then when it turned to Tom Brady, it became important. But the thing I wanted to mention was that it's not just that we just don't engage in that. We're always asking ourselves, why am I talking right now? And what we'll find with gossip and with a lot of things, it's to move myself up into a position of power. If you have information, you become powerful. Now, I want to explain this real quick. We were created this way. 
okay? We are created, our body was designed as humans, we are created in the image of God to share information and to be excited about new information. When this was written, it was, well, this particular proverb was between 400 and 700 BC, okay? So finding food, doing shit, like this was like a time in history when we didn't just, you just couldn't go down to the store and buy food. You had to think for, you know, think about all these different things. So to get information, you fire endorphins and like, oh, I've got, to, I know where a water source is. I know when the caribou are coming across the hill and we'll go and hunt them. And that's really important. And what's happened to us now is we don't have any need for that. But our body's still created to, to find information and to get, so it feels really good to do. As a matter of fact, we'll see a proverb in here uh, before, uh, after this. And so you see that he's, he's saying um, uh, that this information that we have brings us power, and so we want to share it. And this power comes in all sorts of different ways. It might be power where you are telling your side of a story in order to be part of the in crowd, whatever crowd that is. So they're talking about something, and you've got some things to share to show, look, I'm just like you people. And so you get into another tribe. It could be that. It could be you're in the tribe and you want to show how much you know. It doesn't, ma it doesn't matter. Proverbs 26, 21 says this, as charcoal to embers and as wood to fire, so is a quarrelsome person for kindling strife. You know what I love about that? If you go to a fire and the fire's died down, all, it's ready to light at any time if you have coals and embers. All you have to do is go, Blow on it. Well, the word in the Bible for gossip is whisperer. It's just like this, starting that fire. And there it goes. He says, so is a quarrelsome person for kindling strife. Listen to what Proverbs 26, 22 says right after that. The words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to the inmost parts. You know where those parts are? Your heart. And then they come back up again. And so that's what we'll be talking about this morning. What am I saying and why am I saying it? Now, as you'll see as we move forward, um, some of this gossip comes in the form of what we share uh, on social media. Um, articles that we read, things we read. And the issue that I have that, that hopefully we'll push back on if you want to talk to me about it, is that instead of debating ideas on how things could be done, we go after people. This is why we talked about last week in James. How do we praise the Lord with our mouth and then just curse people who are created in the image of God? And so this can spill over into political speech as we talk about Biden or Trump. I mean, even as I say those two words, half of you are like, how dare you? <laughs> like, even as we think about each one of those presidents, we have a position or whatever. And that's important to have. But once we start going after the person, once we start going after their worth as a human being, we run into this strife and maniac with flaming posts of death. And we just stir up strife. We'll talk about this in a little bit. So Paul 
um, had a church in Corinth, and and the church in Corinth was basically the American church. Okay, it was wealthy, uh, it was tribal, it had it 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 put itself in socioeconomic classes, and so when you see Paul really berating a church, like, hey, you guys, you got to get this down. It's usually in the book of one of the Corinthian books. We have first and second. He actually wrote. A third, we just don't have it, but he did. And he visited them quite a bit, uh, which you, you would see if you read through 2 Corinthians. So Paul is about ready to get to his church, get to this church that, that he planted. And here's what he says. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. Now you think of someone like Paul, right? Like Paul, Paul was a bit, you know, like you have... All these things, what he survived and the miracles, and he walked in power, and he has verses like, like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I mean, this guy is the guy. This is like, if I wanted to be, other than Jesus, you'd kind of want to try to be like Paul. Mm -hmm. And Paul says, I'm afraid. What could Paul possibly be afraid of? He goes on, I'm afraid that when I come to you, I might not find you as I want you to be. In other words, he's beginning to hint. He goes into more detail later. But he's beginning to hint, you guys aren't doing that great as a group, right? As a group of Christians. In other words, what Paul's about to say is when you get a bunch of Christians together, you kind of expect something. You expect a group that's portraying the fruit of the Spirit, love and joy and peace and Kindness and faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. That's what you expect. No church is perfect uh, in Living Spring, but no church is perfect. And so you're going to have issues. But this church, they were just going after what they, it was just consumerism, basically what it is. What are my needs? What do I want? That's what I'm going to get. And so Paul says, hey, I'm afraid that when I get there, you guys are just going to be all about yourselves. You're going to be all about jockeying for power and gossiping, all these different things. And he goes on and he says, and I'm also afraid that you may not find me as you want me to be. In other words, Paul's saying, I'm afraid that when I get there and you think, yay, it's great to see me, it won't be great to see me because I got a lot of things to say. Because I've heard about the church and I've heard about how you've handled it. I've heard how followers of Jesus are getting mired in things they have no business getting mired in. He says, I fear that there may be discord. That's it? Just discord? Just disagreement? Yeah, I'm scared about that, he says. Jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, slander, gossip, arrogance, and disorder. Most of these have some element of the mouth, do they not? right? Fits of rage. I mean, I guess, but usually when someone goes into a fit of rage, it starts here and ends here, right? I mean, it starts with the mouth and they get themselves all worked up and then they're like a maniac shooting flaming arrows of death. Selfish ambition, slander, obviously, is words. Gossip is words. Arrogance usually comes out in words. And disorder, which is not allowing people to, it's just, it's just mayhem. He says, that's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid that when I come again, my God will humble me before you. In other words, what he's saying is that everything that is about this church is now going to be, okay, let's work through this. I'm sure Paul would have loved to have gone to the Corinthian church and gone, 
I'm so happy. This is what he did with Philippi. You can read the book of Philippians. It wasn't like Paul was always this way. And I will be grieved over many who have sinned earlier and have not repented of the impurity. Now watch. Sexual sin and debauchery in which they have indulged. Now, now this is great because this is what Christians do because this is what I do. Once you see sexual and debauchery and again, the evil, the bigger ones, you're like, ah, sweet. I'm good. Paul would not be... But what did Paul say before? Gossip, slander, arrogance, posts of rage. I'm sorry, fits of rage, right? So we can't let ourselves, he's saying that we haven't repented from that impurity. And then he adds on sexual sin and debauchery. Our mouths get us into more trouble than anything else. He's writing to to the uh, church in Rome. And he says it this way. They've become filled with every kind of wickedness. Now listen to this. And you can like think of your own life and you're going to probably be left off the hook for most of these. Uh, Every kind of wickedness. So you're probably thinking to yourself, that's not me. Evil. That's not me. Greed. Um, Maybe. New iPhone 13's out. Maybe. And depravity. Well, I'm certainly not depraved, so I'm let off the hook for that. They're full of envy. Sometimes I, I am, but I'm not full of envy. Murder, never murdered anyone that you know of. Strife, deceit, malice. You're like, cool. They are gossips. Period, new sentence. In other words, what Paul's saying is, that's everybody. We all struggle with this. Because gossip is just basically jockeying for power. That's all it is. It's just I have information that I'm excited to share because when I share, my status goes up. You wouldn't share anything where your status goes down. Sometimes we do in false humility. We do something so our status appears to look down, but really it makes our status go up. Because look how humble, right, our status They're gossips, slanderers. Again, we go with the mouth, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways to do evil. They disobey their parents. Too bad the kids are gone. (laughs) Have to make that one of the godly play stories. Clean your room. No. Ah. Okay, no. All right. They have no understanding, no fidelity, no love, no mercy. Who? Gossips. He he just said it. They're gossips. This is what, this is... This is it. And so he's looking at this church going, okay, okay. If, you, if your testimony about Jesus is true, so if I, if I just took you along the side and I said, hey, share your testimony. And you, this, your testimony would probably look something like this because this is the gospel, the good news. I was walking along, doing my own thing, trying to make life work, and I realized I'm broken, I'm broken. I got sin. I'm mired in all sorts of stuff. And I just, I need to figure out a different way. And someone tells you, well, Jesus is a different way. You model your life after Jesus. It's called the kingdom of God. And with that Jesus that you get to know throughout your life and you become more like him, you become excited to spend eternity with him. That's the gospel. So he says that. He says, that, that, that's the gospel. Now, what if you say to me, but I'm really scared about our culture? What? Yeah, I'm scared about our culture. I'm scared about it. What are you scared of? You just told me 
You didn't know Jesus. Now you know Jesus. You're going to spend eternity with him. Jesus actually existed in one of the worst cultures we've had in our history. <laughs> okay. He didn't, he wasn't scared of it. And so we go on. We say they have no, no mercy. Watch this. Although they know God's righteous decree, they understand that all is completed in Christ. Those who do such things deserve death. They not only continue to do the very things, but also click like to those who practice them. So you, you say, man, John, your definition of gossip kind of just talks about everything. You're like talking about like posting and liking. What, the, what Jesus would have you say out of the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks, he wants you checking every word. Because it's those things, those words, those outbursts, those things that come out of your mouth that, that reveal shortcomings inside. When I, when I get to a place where I want to share something, I have to share it, that's a really good indication of what's going on in here. We're going to talk about that as our first thing to help us as we move forward. So he says in Ephesians, we'll skip to Ephesians right now because this is really the meat and potatoes of how do we do this? Okay, how do we do this? And he says this. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Okay, unwholesome. That's a, that's a great word to stick on to because if, if there are words that can't come out and they're assigned a category, unwholesome, wouldn't you want to know what those words are so that you can not say them? So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to show you 22 words that should never come out of a Christian's mouth ever. 22 unwholesome words. These were words you should never say. Of course I'm not going to do that. Because then they'd be up on the board. But we want those 22 words. Because if I know the 22 words and I say other words, then I'm off the hook, right? Unwholesome don't get you off the hook with 22 words. You're not let off the hook at all with this because your unwholesome, as we'll see in a bit, is, might be different than my unwholesome. It's not just cussing and dirty jokes. That is not what the Bible is saying. What Paul is saying to this church in Ephesus, you better watch what you say. Watch. But only, forget about your 22 words. Mm-mm. The list is way longer. You're only allowed to say, the Apostle Paul says, what is helpful for building others up. Now, imagine Paul. He's talking to this church in Corinth. And when they get together, and when they're posting online, and when they're interacting, only speech that builds each other up is happening. Ah. It's a totally different letter, isn't it? It's a letter to the Philippians, really. Don't let any unwholesome... Well, what's unwholesome? Forget about that word. Only what is helpful for building others up. So I ask myself the question, is what I'm saying helpful? Is what I'm saying helpful? Now, here's some of the pushback that I get when I bring this up with people. John, if I don't share this post... I got to get the truth out there, okay? You found something on the internet that's the truth. Congratulations. 
they, there are some things in, on the internet that actually are true, come to find out. So you found some, and you're all worked up, and you just got to get this information out, and so you post it. Was it building others up? Or were you just kind of declaring, this is my tribe? Did you really want to change minds? Because if you do, spoiler alert, social media isn't the place to do it. It doesn't work. You're just going to enrage someone who doesn't agree with you, and you're going to make everyone who agrees with you already go, like, like, way to go, you're so bold, good for you. But it doesn't do anything. The only things that can come out of our mouth, Paul says, is what is helpful for building the others up. And you go, okay, okay, fine, I understand. I get it. But he makes it harder. He makes it harder right after that. Not a fan of Paul right now. But what is helpful for building others up, according to their needs, not their positions, not their history, not their current like, what do they actually need in that moment? Maybe they do need a post. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. It's so broad. It's between you and the Holy Spirit to ask yourself this. I'm about ready to talk. Is what I'm saying unwholesome? I don't know. Well, is it helpful for building others up? Uh, my party. Got I got half of the people I'm building up. Okay, what are you doing the other half? Destroying them? Oh, okay. According to their needs. Get, okay, I'm going to give you a little secret. You know how you know what people's needs are? Simple as that. I need to know. Uh, I, I don't know what my spouse's needs are. There you go. Ask them. What do they need right now? You're at, you're at work. Let's just make it practical. You're at work. You're at school. Let's we'll make a school work, whatever. You're there. You're with your group. The topics are always the same. You're kind of going along. I, I, did, you know, did you uh, watch Life Below Zero? You know, whatever. Oh, it's my favorite show right now. Okay, sorry. Um, and so you're talking, talking, talking. And then all of a sudden, you, you know how it goes. The topic changes. And you're like, it starts to, the temperature starts to raise. This is the question we ask ourselves. What does this conversation need right now? How am I going to build others up according to their needs? It's a lot of work to find out what people's needs are. And it's so much work, you don't really have time for all the other stuff. Listen to this. That it may benefit those who listen. Paul starts off with, don't cuss. That's what Christians do. We take it. Don't let any unwholesome word go. You know, someone's going along. They're on the freeway. You're driving with them. And they say a word while tra with traffic. And you say, let no unwholesome word proceed out of your mouth except that which is good for edification. Because you cussed. That's what Christians do. Sometimes. Paul's going, no, no. No, I mean, maybe that's what was needed for the moment. No, I'm kidding. I'm joking. But only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, not your needs. I really need to say this. You ever done that? I've done that. I just had to say it. It almost never turns out good. <laughs> when there's something I just had to say, that usually doesn't turn out good. 
Am I wrong? I don't know. You can, you can email me, Michelle at Living Spring. Um, Jesus is talking uh, about this idea, and uh, you've probably seen this famous section of scripture I'm about to show you, but basically, um, we use it in judging. We use it in the topic of judging one another, so we say, uh, don't, you know, take the plank out of your own eye in order to see clearly to take the plank. You've probably heard that verse, even if you're not a Jesus follower, like really into the Bible right now, which you will be soon, uh, you, then you, you kind of have heard that. Take, hey, take the eye, plank out of your own eye, right? Well, what is that referring to? Watch. Do not let any wholesome talk. Okay, I'm sorry. You hypocrite. That's Jesus using his words. First, take the plank out of your own eye. Then you'll see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Okay, listen to this. Why do you remove a speck out of your brother's eye or your kid, little kid's eye? or that? Why do you do that? Oh, it's beneficial. That's what they need, isn't it? And so if I'm spending all my time with planks and stuff in my own, I'm just spending all my time shoving planks into my eyes because that's what I devour on the internet is all this stuff and I have it all and then I need to help somebody. I can't because I'm just stuck in my outrage and my fear and my mire and I can't go, hey, let me demonstrate another way of life, the Jesus way, the kingdom way that doesn't get upset about that stuff. The speck from your brother's eye. So he goes on. So we all know that verse. But after that, right after that, he says this. No good tree bears bad fruit, and no, uh, and, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Do you know what the word for bad is? It's the unwholesome word that we saw in Ephesians. It's the exact same word. We have to watch our heart to see what is coming out. Why? He says, each tree is recognized by its own fruit. Its own fruit. Do you know how freeing this is, you guys? Do you mean, in this case, Jesus, I only have to be worried about my own fruit? I don't have to worry about everybody else's fruit, the president. The, no, you don't have to worry about that. You just worry about your own fruit. That's how you'll know it's good. Oh, that's so freeing. I don't have to worry about everybody else. People do not pick frigs from thorn bushes. Okay? This is just Jesus stating the obvious, making his point. A good person brings good things out of the good stored up. This is the verse we saw in the very beginning. And the evil person brings evil things out of the evil stored up in their heart. Again, for out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. We'll be hitting that particular verse every single week. So, our assignment for this week is just one question. Why do I want to say this? That's all you need to ask. Not, is it gossip? Because you'll, if you're like me, uh, listen, I've been a Christian long enough. I know every loophole. I know every verse and five ways out of it. Okay? So I know, uh, trust me. But this asks a totally different question. This asks a question, why? Not what. What word did you use? Oh, you were angry and this word came out. It's not what, it's why. Why did it come out? Well, because of traffic and this isn't fair. And it, Oh, well, okay, so let's start talking about that heart issue. Why do you think all of traffic should part for you? <laughs> let's talk about that. See, when you say it out loud, you're like, nah, all right, I guess, not. I, I guess not. 
Because we're dealing with the heart now. Dealing with the mouth and words, that's easy. Here's 22 words you can't say. So let's get to the, let's get to the four things I, I wanted to go over real quick. And we'll wrap up. All right, yeah, four things we can do. One, ask questions before you speak. You always want to do like future tense. Why do I want to say that rather than past tense? Why did I say that? <laughs> okay, ask your questions before. You're in a conversation. You have some information somebody doesn't have. Ooh, you feel good about it. Endorphins are going crazy in your brain. You're like, oh man, I got to say this. You ask yourself the question, why? Here's what I found, because I always have to apply this before I preach it, and it's very disheartening sometimes, where I'll go, why do I want to say that? Oh, because it makes me look good. Once you say it out loud, you're like, Meh. oh, it'll, it'll, it'll get me into this group. I really want to be in this group, and this will show them that I'm worthy of being in their, Ugh. all right, all right, man, I won't do that. Oh, oh, I know, I know, I know. I've spent hours on the internet researching this certain topic, and I've got it. I've got everything down. I have all my flaming arrows of death. They're on fire. I've got, I'm ready to go because this topic is just passionate. Why, why, why do you want to say that? Because uh, I spent all that time. <laughs> Ugh. Number two, leave the conversation. Just leave. There's so many great ways to leave a conversation now. I mean, especially with technology, you're just like, ah, Zoom call dropped. Yeah, it dropped because I clicked end, you know. But they don't need to know that, right? Just leave the conversation. If you don't have the self-control, then leave. The Bible is filled with this as a strategy. Flee youthful lust. The same thing. You're just going, you know what? I want to say this. I've asked myself the question. I know why I want to say it. I don't think I can stop from saying it. I got to get out of here. And there's tons of ways you can do it. You can just stop. You don't have to do it like, I will not engage in this sinful conversation. I must leave. You don't need to say anything. Just leave. You'll figure it out. You're smart. Number three, let it die with you. This is very powerful. In other words, you can't leave the conversation. It's your boss or whatever, or a teacher or whatever, and they're going on and on and on. You receive all that information, and you kill it right there. The secret stops with you. If the secret or the information or whatever is going to get out, it won't be on your watch. You just let it die with you. Yes, you, I, I heard the whole thing. I heard your whole story. Awesome. Now it dies. It doesn't get, it doesn't get fanned into flame. Number four. Go to the source. Go to the source. In other words, this is probably more a nuanced topic than I think it is. I'm going to go and find out a source back or maybe two sources back or whatever. What actually happened? And almost always, when you go to the source and you find out more information, you're like, okay, I still maybe don't agree, but I understand. You go to the source. Now, that's going to... That's going to beg the question, well, what if I can't get to the source? Then you probably shouldn't be talking about it. Isn't that a great litmus test? Can I go to President Biden and ask him why? The, no, I really can't. don't have access to President Biden. 
Okay, well, then you don't have all the information. Okay, or President Trump, you know, fine, whatever. Insert your whatever. I can't. I can't, I don't, I won't, I can't possibly know it all. So I'm just not going to repeat it. I'll log it away. Got it. Sticks in my information. And I go. As the worship band comes forward, we'll close up. This is probably the hardest part of gossip, that it's really hard to connect. Remember, there are people that we're talking about. There are people created in the image of your heavenly Father. And so sometimes a nice thing to do is to flip it. If any of you have kids, or maybe you're a teacher, or you're an uncle or aunt or whatever, and you're just dealing with young kids, and you see one of the young kids yelling at another young kid, and you're thinking in your mind, you're both stupid. Like, okay, fine, you pointed this out, but look at you, you're a little, you, don't have, you haven't done anything. I think in a large way, our Heavenly Father is like, how dare you talk about that person? Policy, ideas, all that, fine. Systems, great. People? Creating the image of God. So here's what we're going to end with one uh, final song. I know I gave you a lot to think about, um, but I, my, my prayer and I'm, what I'm really counting on, the Lord's already talking right now. He's dead serious about this. Uh, what, what my prayer is, is that you will go to your heavenly father this week and you will get on your knees or however you do it and you say, God, would you please keep watch over my mouth? Keep watch over the doors of my lips. Let today be a day where I watch what I say. Let today be a day that I watch what I say. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, it's so hard. I have no idea how in the world you sat before those who were going to crucify you and you were you didn't defend yourself. You didn't try to show everybody you're not that bad. You were just quiet. So Lord, as we enter into worship at this time, Lord, I pray that we would hear your voice. What do you call gossip in our lives? Where do you need to come in and work on our heart? We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.